0: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the state age of history.
1: Congratulations, you've tuned in to the best anime video game lifestyle podcast around, Game Face Radio. Uh, We're here on episode 43. Uh, I'm Kuroi Kaze, your host, and as always, I'm here with Sina Zeta. Hello. And today, we have a special guest, um, more of the the Chinese fantasy expert. Um, He's here with us for the first time. Please welcome Corn Sloth. Hey, how you doing? Hey, we are going to talk about several anime and, and maybe not so much video games today. I don't think we're going to get around to a lot of them. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and kick it off. Uh, Zeta's got a lot of things he wants to talk about, so why don't we start there? Zeta?
0: Okay, uh, first of all, uh, this is I can go with a what you're playing thing for at least one thing. And that is uh, this Neo Geo game called uh, Brickinger, also known as Ironclad. Uh this is a game that is sort of was sort of a legendary myth kind of a thing. Uh it was shown at at some arcade show in like 1996 80, 95 maybe. Uh and it was by Saurus. and it was a shooter that's kind of like our type in that you have an option that sticks to the front of your ship and and all that, but it looked a lot different than our type. The uh game was shown there running I guess on MVS on a cartridge, but it was never released for MVS and it was never released for home. It was only released on Neo CD, which is bizarre because um, that was not a hugely successful format. Maybe they did that in order to attempt to boost sales or something. Um,
1: (laughs) Bad strat.
0: But for yeah, it didn't work so well. I guess that was successful enough by Neo Geo standards. (laughs) But uh, so it, it sat around. People were wondering what happened to the, you know, solid state version because it was shown at the show. And for the longest time, all these Neo Geo freaks were trying to find a prototype so that they could collect it, pay $6,000 for it, and think they're awesome, because that's what Neo Geo collectors primarily do. Spend ass loads of money and then say, no, I'm not going to dump it, you'll never be able to play it, fuck you.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's the uh, what's the difference of them and every other collector ever? I mean... It's just an excuse to spend money as far oh, as I Oh, yeah, tell. but they,
0: but that's weird because instead of having nine million twenty six hundred games, there are only like 109 uh,
1: Neo Geo games or
0: something like that. So, like, they're clinging to every single one of them, you know, so preciously. So if the idea that there would be a prototype Neo Geo game is, like, super significant. Uh, so anyway, this game, even the Neo CD one, for some reason only came out in Japan, which is weird because most Neo CD games technically had an American release they're all printed in the same factory. The only difference is like the manual would be printed in English because all Neo Geo games are have four languages. Usually it's just a matter of which machine you push it put it in. So anyway, I uh, never came out in the U S and I think it was several hundred dollars for this stupid CD. Um, well, after years of people trying to chase this prototype, all of a sudden SNK decides they're going to release it for the Wii virtual console, which they did last year in Japan. And, What's funny is that after that happened, more prototype cartridges are starting to show up, and one was on Yahoo Japan or yeah Yahoo Japan auctions, and it sold for like uh, thirty thousand yen, which is nothing for a prototype Neo Geo Yeah, cartridge. that's only
1: like three hundred bucks yeah, or less. Like, yeah, it's so it, like
0: everyone's like, why isn't it? You know, it should be three times that. And then, well, the reason why is because enough people knew the origin of this cartridge, and that is that people have dumped the Wii ROM, extracted the Neo Geo files in it, and put it on a cartridge and sold it as as an AES cartridge or an MVS cartridge, which is almost certainly the first time that's ever happened. I'm I'm not aware (laughs) of that ever happening. That's really strange. Uh, So a couple weeks ago, this came out in the American shop, and I bought it and played it, and it uh, isn't that great. It's okay, <laughs> but it's not that great. So I, you know, I sort of am glad that nobody paid $1,000 for this thing because, boy, that would have been a bad a bad deal. Not that they give a crap. It could be, you know, nothing on there But th- because they just want something that's rare. But, I mean... Yeah, it's, I it's mean, not particularly
2: good.
1: <laughs> to put that in perspective, I mean there was that story going around recently about the guy that had had paid like ten thousand dollars for the original track and field back when it was by Bandai or oh, something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: stadium games or whatever. Yeah,
1: stadium games in the box, ten grand. Like that's the power pad game that we all were like, Oh, this is fun for three minutes. And then well, never no, again. It, it isn't
0: that one, it's the same exact kind of thing. Right, but it's, but it's, it's... Bandai's, yeah, and you know, yeah. I actually f- I was well, no, no, a... no,
1: no. The way I understood it though was that the reason it was in such short supply is that Nintendo quickly bought it out and, and took it for the Power Pad.
0: Yeah, I'm but I'm no expert on this at all, but yeah, Nintendo made their own version, and that's why you can't find that thing.
1: Really, I thought they, I thought Stadium Games was like the base of the Power Pad games. Like,
0: was it the same thing? I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I, as far as I understood, it, that is pretty much the same game.
0: Yeah, it, it could very well be that. And it's interesting because I found the Famicom version of that in a box at a show yesterday for $4. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, somebody paid 14000 for this exact thing, you know, only with shrink wrap on it. What a bad deal that was. You know, I think it also had something to do with uh, when that pad came out in Japan, they literally sold it by itself. And you were supposed to, like the power glove, same thing, I think. I'm not sure about this, but it's like they didn't give you this one piece of software. You know, they didn't give you Wii Bowling, exactly. So you were sort of there with your Wii trying to figure out what the fuck to do with it. Well, you need to they, have Wii Bowling so you know what to do with it.
1: Yeah, it's like <laughs> they still do that. Like, the Japan one still doesn't come with Wii Sports.
0: Yeah, that's, like, that's amazing.
1: Something about Nintendo is just like, eh, Japan will pay more. You know, it's, they're, it's they're more worse.
0: Uh, when the, uh, up until the Wii... Or uh, maybe the GameCube you used to not even get an AV cable. You had to buy the machine, and then you had to go buy your cable. I don't even know if you got a power supply with the Super Famicom. <laughs> I'm not sure. You got. A, I think you got a power supply, but you didn't get an AV cable or something like that. Yeah, with Super Famicom, like that's disgusting. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. as for the quality of Brickinger or, or Ironclad, um, it's better than the than the game that this com- Sorus, that this company did release in 96, which is uh, Shinoken, also known as Ragnagard or something like that, which is that pre-rendered fighter, which is hideous. So it's, it's way better than that. But it's nowhere near as good as their later games like Shock Troopers and Shock Troopers 2, which are really good. So, like, weird story for that one. Uh, early attempt at a pre-rendered sprite. Shooter, um, not worth a thousand, definitely worth ten bucks. Not worth a thousand bucks, all
1: right. Um, to to mention kind of what I've been playing, and this is just gonna be really quick. Um, I've actually been really addicted to uh Alpha 3 Max on the PSP, Um, it's the most awesome version of Alpha 3 ever. It's Mm -hmm. got like all the characters from every Alpha. Plus, like Ingrid from Capcom Fighting Jam, plus like DJT Hawk, Cammy, blah, blah, blah from, from Alpha Upper, um, you know, aka uh, Super Street Fighter 2. Um, like, it's just got like such an ass load of characters in it, and it plays so well, and it's got like 4,000 different modes at the start screen. You know, you can do two-on-one, two-on-two, tag battle MVC2 style. Like, <laughs> everything that you want is, is in there. It's fucking crazy.
0: Well, it is uh, like the ninth subsequent version of Alpha 3. Yeah, the thing pack-
1: that bugs me is that it's on the PSP. Yeah. Like, can I please get Alpha 3 Max ported to Xbox Live Arcade? That is the dream. I think that's, like, that's all I want. What is the...
0: What's, I guess... What is the best version, like, what's the best version of that you can get? What's the best version of Alpha 3 on a console you can get, the most advanced one? You can't get anything as Uh, advanced as upper, can you?
1: Yeah, you can get Alpha 3 Upper. It's an unlockable game on Street Fighter Alpha Anthology for the PS2.
0: Okay, yeah, uh, that's very good. That's a very good piece of software. I I was not aware that was on
1: there. Yeah, it's, it's unlockable. You have to do something to get to it, but... Yeah, you can unlock Alpha Three Upper, as far as I understand, but it's the arcade version, so you know there's no World Tour, there's no there's no modes. It's just hit start, pick a character, off you go. Yeah, so that's that's well, kind of a bummer. I like the home versions because I like all the crazy. Optional the, the original stuff.
0: arcade version of Alpha Three had very few characters in it, but then the consoles came out and they added like Guile and all those other people, and then they ported it to Naomi and put even more people in it. Um and that was upper. So I didn't, I I didn't know that upper was on that collection. No no
1: no no no. Upper is when it went back to the arcade.
0: Yeah, when it went to the Naomi. Yeah, market. it's like
1: yeah. The, yeah. They they and when it went back to Arc3, then they made upper. And then essentially the one that is on PSP is called Double Upper.
0: Ah. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Double <laughs> it's, Upper. It's, it's, does anyone have a
0: move called the double upper in Double Upper? Because that would be cool. Mascot uh, character,
1: not that I can think of. Um, but yeah, it's Street Fighter Alpha or Street Fighter Zero Three Double Upper. <laughs> is the correct title?
0: Double Dippers, more like it. How many times are you going to pay for Alpha Three? You know they keep selling it. to you. That collection though is fantastic. That's one of the best fighting game releases ever.
1: What's kind of cool about um. There's like a there's like a hyper alpha or something on there where you can pick the different versions of people. Much like you can in the You can do like it in the Darkstalkers three. one, I know. Yeah, like I guess on the um the Alpha Three anthology they have a similar type thing where you can pick the version of people and similar so, I don't own Alpha Three, uh the Alpha Anthology. Um I I thought about maybe trying to get it and, you know, seeing if it's backwards compatible with my PS three. But um yeah, like, I just wish that I could get it on a console. Really do. It's, it's a lot more fun than um, than Super Street Fighter 4, for instance. And it has all the characters that aren't exclusive to Street Fighter 4. Like, you know, Guy, Cody, yeah. uh, Rose. <laughs> like, it has all those motherfuckers, pretty much.
0: There's always been some sort of problem with with Alpha 3. like Because of the console transition that was going on at the time, there was never a really solid version of that thing like the playstation version is pretty good but it's a lot different than the arcade and then the saturn version was really unimpressive because it uh it was closer to the arcade but it didn't work as well as those other saturn games from that time like it had load times which they didn't have on like the marvel games and stuff that used the four megabyte cartridge and then it came out for you know, Dreamcast, but that one's more like the PlayStation one in the fact that the hitboxes and the timing and the special effects are all fucked up and different and doesn't all work. right, and, we're yeah, spending too much. There's no, time. there's no perfect version of that game. There needs to be yeah. a perfect version.
1: But if you, uh if you work at, I don't know, Capcom America or whatever, and you have any cloud at all, go ahead and please pull Alpha Three Max to the to XBLA and reduce it for like seven bucks. That would be handy. Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> I just want to straight pour it. You don't need to do jack to it.
0: Yeah. Stop just, fucking with it and just put out a version that loads, right? doesn't crash. You can use a real controller on it, all that stuff. And then just leave it.
1: Yep. I would, I would be very excited to, to run out and buy that. Cause I don't buy much off XBLA. Um, so let's see next up here. Um, let's go ahead and turn it over to the curiously quiet corn sloth. And, um, have him uh, launch into uh, an anime he's been watching called 12 kingdoms
2: all right so um, I just finished up 12 kingdoms uh, a week ago um, pretty solid series it's uh let's see it's based off of like a couple of you know like short novels or whatever in Japan um, so it for the most part it does transition pretty well very story based not a lot of like power-ups and jazz uh um,
1: what no over nine thousands. no
0: no, no one. They, no one's an alien uh
1: well that could be our well
2: so all right basically here's what's going on it's 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 kind of like a uh a little bit like a fashugi yugi where this this high school girl gets magically transported to this fantastical mm. chinese-like world i'm growing right?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, so like, Shug yugi's fuck win. Fuck you. No, no, but yeah,
0: but Inuyasha is not. No, and, it's not. And that's what I'm getting at. Anyway, go on.
2: Well, this is not Inuyasha. It's well, no, it, it, maybe it is, but <laughs> basically, this this girl, she she's in her high school. She's she's very timid. Um, you know, just a really boring Japanese girl, and suddenly she's told, look. You need to come with me to you know this other world, to this kingdom that you are the queen of, and you need to like Ooh. you know lay down the law, and do some shit for us. So, you know, against her will, because she's like, no, I want to hang out with my friends and family, and you know, very resistant. But uh, she gets dragged along, and um, although resistant to it for half the series, she she eventually gets down, and yeah, it, it does get pretty exciting. My my biggest beefs with it uh would probably be that it goes off like on like these side stories that they never tie in to the main story. But,
1: so oh, like it's like switching to like auxiliary characters in like another part of the world and just never has those characters introduced or what do you mean?
2: Basically, yeah. So um each
1: kingdom has
2: a like a like a god spirit advisor or whatever, okay? And they in essence choose who the, the ruler of these kingdoms are. Um, and they, they mention this other kingdom, and they mention this God-spirit advisor thing, and you know how he eventually finds the, the ruler of his kingdom. But this all happens in the past. It's all explained in a flashback that lasts 10 episodes. <laughs> and, and in the present, he's mysteriously missing, but they never go find him. They never really like. They never do anything about it, other than you know reminisce. So that that was very irritating. <laughs> what the hell? It's <laughs> like oh, so, ah. Yeah, this, this is, is a TV show. That How long is yeah. it? Yeah, it's. I, I want to say it's like forty episodes. Um. Okay, so uh, forty-five. Relatively,
1: relatively short watch. That's what. Uh, that's two seasons.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a huge commitment. Um, they do a couple things very well. I mean, you know, they they have some some pretty good uh, enemies with some you know some decent conflicts. But at the same time, they they do they fall down on, on like uh, as she's like retaking her kingdom. They just they don't show anything. They kind of gloss over it in a single episode. They so no,
1: no epic showdown, no Helms Deep.
2: No, there is no Helms Deep. <laughs> they they briefly mentioned Helms Deep, but they don't show it. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, like yeah. No, that that sucked.
1: But overall, you'd still recommend it. I no? would
2: probably still recommend it. I mean, it would need to be your kind of thing. I mean, it's it's short and sweet, which is great for most people who don't want a huge commitment. Um. So let me
1: let me yeah, ask that, you this. that's so strange
0: we, because both of you guys refer to. something that is 20 hours long as being short just because one piece is 482 episodes you think that's short but that's massive i mean i'm not gonna you know i'll watch it i'll start it but i'm not gonna finish it out of obligation back
1: though because it's like really with flashbacks and intros and outros all cut you're looking at like 19 minutes of anime per episode times 40 so I mean you're maybe like it, oh, you know. It's only 15, fifteen
0: hours, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, it's like that's not long at all when you look at, you know, what a Final Fantasy would even cost you to play through, you know, like oh, certainly, yeah, yeah. But I don't it's, do those it's either. Gamers <laughs> and anime guys, like our perceptions of of length are vastly different from people that have never that think a three hour Lord of the Rings movie is unbearable. You know? <laughs> yeah. the, and, and yeah.
2: You're watching this, you know, for an hour every night over the course of 3 weeks or whatever i mean you don't need to it's not a huge time investment you're doing plenty of other shit
0: yeah i well i'm not, i mean if i start a series and i'm not interested i'll leave it anyway so it's only going to be a two or three episode you know give it a chance kind of a thing for me
1: really i give everything like 8 episodes to impress yeah, me basically I, I do not i'm i'm pretty you know. patient in that regard it's i've um, watched
0: too many shows that were lame for Two dozen episodes and I'm like, get out of here. I'm done. Cutting to my losses. Uh,
1: I have the infinite patience of the Buddha, but we already knew that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, Transcend us, please. It, well now it's just like, I don't know, it takes a lot to really shake me off of something. Um It took several seasons for me to get finally pissed off enough at lost to quit watching it. And then when I hear people that are still watching it, I'm like I'm the most patient person ever, and even I'm disgusted. Like, well, I think
0: a lot of people, I don't know the numbers, but I think a lot of people left Lost. Amazingly, I didn't. <laughs> I'm still watching it. But it, it is literally, like, the only mainstream American television show that I watch, period. So it isn't, you know, that, that's the only thing left. It's not like I have to cram in, you know, 24 and survivor and dancing with the stars and all that other shit and make room for lost. Cause I don't watch any of that other shit.
1: Well, your time would be much better spent watching something like breaking bad, but that's a, that's a discussion for another podcast that isn't ours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, here's my question about 12 kingdoms. Um, since it's a Japanese show about Chinese characters, um, do they go with Chinese or Japanese names for the characters? uh... japanese it is this i mean it's
2: not really chinese i mean this this you know alternate universe or whatever you want to call it exists like under the ocean or whatever and they're aware of japan because from time to time like you know people from shipwrecks or whatever wind up in this kingdom or series of kingdoms i guess but they only know of China as this like, like far off land that doesn't exist. Like you mention it to people, they're like China doesn't exist. Japan totally exists. <laughs> hmm. so, Japanese fantasy, I, I, I think, is what the confusion is. Is these Japanese people wind up on the shore of this kingdom? You know, people are speaking a language they don't understand, and they're like, "Well, I must be in China." Because, you know, apparently nothing else exists in Japan other than China. So, like, hey, I'm in China. And then they later find out, no, no, I'm not in China. So, I I believe that's where the confusion comes from for these, the natives.
1: Hmm. That's odd. Um, So, still, though, all right, so it's 45 episodes, and it's a recommendation for, for 12 Kingdoms. Now, I mean, I realized you're like the big China guy. Um, are there any manga that you would recommend?
2: Yeah, I mean, I um, one that I've liked a lot. I haven't kept up with recent releases, but King of Hell has has been a fantastic read. It's a uh, a Korean manga, um, so it's it's in more of the like Chinese style than like the the. The Japanese style with like you know overnight power ups and stuff, but uh, you know, good, good, good story. It's uh, let's see, it's about a you know, it, it's basically about someone from hell, you know, from the afterlife, uh, coming back to current life or whatever uh, to recapture these demons that have been released. So, um, like,
0: like himself or like other.
1: Like actual demons,
2: actual demons. Okay. Now he apparently gets a pass at being a demon.
1: Is he like look like a human demon, and all yeah. the other demons look like monsters?
2: Yeah, he he looks like a human. So so I guess the history is like uh, like 400 years ago, he was you know the supreme warrior in the world. Blah blah blah. He goes to hell, um, and to seal his power, because as soon as he got to hell, he started wreaking havoc and killing people, in hell. They they seal all of his power away and he turns into like a kid. So he's ten years old when he's re released into the world.
1: Okay, so now he's a ten year old kid that's hunting demons.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's a ten year old kid, but for the most part he he's still an adult. I mean he doesn't so it's not it's not
0: this is not Detective Conan you're talking about, is it?
2: No, this (laughs) is not Detective Conan. Does he have a crush on
0: an older... Does he have a crush on a, a woman who's 20 and he just can't make it happen because he's 10? Does that happen? I no, a, no. Oh, wow, okay.
2: No, he does not have a, a crush on a 20-year-old. I, I guess he was married in his previous life and you know, she's dead now, so... Yeah, he just have to hunt demons. As of the last manga that I read, I'm only like 13 deep into it or so.
1: 13, like, novels or issues? Uh, novels okay so that's still a fuck ton of manga
0: that seems like it yeah
1: so king of hell recommended you know like i like korean stuff but i don't think i've ever read any korean manga um, that wasn't just like immediately homosexual <laughs> <laughs> seems to be a lot of just like overtly homo korean manga um so I, I
2: think you're browsing in the wrong section of the bookstore that's just a, <laughs> that's
1: just
0: a popular stuff well it's yeah. hard to know you go into the korean grocery store and it's like is this a soap opera or is this star wars dubbed into korean i don't know i'm gonna rent this tape <laughs> <laughs> and you get home and it's porn again damn <laughs> damn over and over again
1: <laughs> oh yeah that would be unfortunate i would hate for that well, it, it's porn with well, all guess... guys dude oh i didn't specify that See, that doesn't get to be called porn. That has to be labeled gay porn. Someone's <laughs> like, "Hey, you want to see this porn?" Like, I kind of auto assume that it's not gay porn. Oh, okay. I forgot.
2: Well, oh, my my question, of course, would be is it story porn? <laughs> story <laughs> porn.
0: Well, I guess that's a dis-
1: It's it's no pants of the three kingdoms. <laughs> yeah, I would be okay with that.
0: No pants of <laughs> That's good. I want I, to know what I'm their motivations are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
1: okay, so let's uh let's let's get back more on topic. I'm gonna, I'm going to toss the ball back into Zeta's court. What you got?
0: Okay, uh Gundam Unicorn came out finally as an anime. This is a big deal. Uh sort of because for the longest time, like if you look at the sales figures, uh Bandai big huge company one like they make more money off Gundam than they do off just about anything. I read this thing recently saying that like, evidently there's a there's like a trade industry that circulates around plastic character goods, which would include your bullshit keychains and your toys and all that stuff. And supposedly like eighty percent of all the revenue of plastic character goods in Japan are Gundam plastic models. Like it's it's huge. As something that's always been a problem, though, uh, in trying to keep this massive franchise going, which is kind of a franchise and kind of different franchises, is that you always have this problem where you have the new show that these little kids like, and then you have the old show that the 30 guy, 30-year-old guys like. And there's very little to bridge these two. Uh, and the new show will come out, and the old guys will be like, ah, it's a bunch of Team 5 boy band crap. And then, But the the young the 8-year-old kids, you know, They want the show with a gigantic laser weapon and they don't, you know, give a fuck about that old crap. Uh, Something, usually what's, they make new universes for the new shows, but every once in a while they peter out something that still pertains to the original universe known as the Universal Century timeline. And a couple of years ago, probably five or six years ago, I don't know, they started serializing this novel called Gundam Unicorn and it was supposed to take place after Char's counterattack, uh, but before F ninety one and Victory Gundam, which is a timeline that's never really been explored, um, partially because they didn't want to do something kind of like how there was a ban on Star Wars prequels era novels for so long, because you know Lucas had this territory like sort of uh, measured out, and it's like you can't talk about any of the stuff because I'm going to put it in the movie someday. Uh, that's kind of the way Gundam was for a long time, but they started doing these novels and, um, they, they got, they got so popular that people were making garage kits and then they made some plastic kits. And so they decided to finally animate it and it came out, uh, several months ago, but we're just getting around to it now. Uh, it is released, I believe in America, it's Blu-ray only and only on amazon.com. So it's a very, uh narrow release for America. It's not in any shops that I'm aware of. Uh, in Japan, it comes out on DVD also, and it's probably easier to find.
1: Is it uh, purely subtitled then? No, they or... dubbed it,
0: and the disc is the same uh, worldwide. The only difference, I think, is the intro. So if you did buy the Japanese version used in a shop when you were in Japan for five bucks or something, it'll be dubbed and it'll have subtitles. Um. So as wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. So there is no subtitled only one, or no, wait, no, I... it's a,
0: it's, it's a disc. I mean, you can pick your language.
1: Okay, so it's always going to have dual languages anywhere you pick it up. Yep,
0: and it's always going to have subtitles, which is actually getting to be kind of not that uncommon for Japanese releases to have English subtitles.
1: Well, you know, uh, this is starts a whole other rant for me, and I won't get into it right now, but. Like I increasingly see the American anime scene is entirely unnecessary. uh the American companies just really aren't needed. I think if Japan was to just hire ten guys at each Japanese company yeah, to that's throw what subs Bandai on, does that's what Bandai yeah.
0: does is i i mean they've always had a they don't rely on some bunch of rednecks and you know perverted rednecks from Texas to like translate all their shit and market it separately. Bandai does it in a different way which has traditionally been less successful, but the way they do it is just like, well, we're going to take this thing and we're going to put it out in America more or less ourselves. Uh, But part of what they're trying to hold on to is the enormous profits of the anime industry in the old days. Because they liked it when, like when the the most successful gigantic OVA from Gundam ever was uh, Stardust Memory. And that was 13... OVAs that cost 4800 yen a piece and it actually sold relatively well because this was 1991 and 1992 and things were really swinging and that's the sort of thing that uh you can't do anymore but they're holding on to it and what they're trying to like this release is comparatively very expensive I mean I I pre-ordered it so I got like 15 bucks off but it was still like $35 for an hour which people really aren't in the mood for anymore these days. People like Kaze aren't going to pay crap for anything. Certainly not 35 bucks for an hour.
1: Yeah, I can go ahead and probably admit to that.
0: The Uh, uh, interesting thing about this is this show is, this is an old school OVA in several ways. One, you're basically importing it because of the price and the rarity, and it has to come from Amazon. It uh, costs a lot of money. And then the other thing is it... Is gonna come out every six months over the course of two years, so it's gonna be only six episodes. It's gonna take two years to come out, Jesus. which is kind of a long time. Oh god! But at least That's... it's it's a lot better and a lot cheaper than developing tons of filler episodes that uh, nobody wants to fucking see. So, wow. well, as for the first episode, it uh, it it starts telling the story that was in the novel. The animation quality is not particularly amazing but it's pretty solid and the 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 the, one of the big things about this and i would never pre-order it if it wasn't the case is that the uh the robots are still hand drawn which is a major thing because the tv shows gundam double zero switched to cg mecha and I think they lost a shitload of fans because that was like the final straw that broke the camel's back. It's like, fuck it, you're doing CG Mecca. I'm out of this. I'm not doing Gundam ever again. But they knew knew that that was like a major thing for the old fans, so they kept doing that. They probably have everybody left in Japan who knows how to draw a robot working on the show. And it's got some good robot action in it. Not a lot because it's primarily, you know, Gundam for being so robot-centric doesn't really have all that much robot fighting in it most of the time. But there is a particularly good fight where the like superstar bad guy Mecha fights a bunch of uh powered up GMs and he wipes out just about all of them except this one that puts up like a really good fight before it finally gets shot down and it's a pretty good section in there. So um we'll we'll see how this goes. Hopefully the series won't get canceled. <laughs> I don't think it will. But I'll uh, I'll let you know only in six 2 episodes years. or whatever, you know. It should be so, paying for itself at that yeah, price. Yeah, you, you know? would think
1: at that kind of rate.
0: Yeah, and they can just raise the price or lower it or whatever, sell some models if it's not paying for itself.
1: All right, rock on. Uh, huh. if, if, it, it often feels to me like um, Gundam gives like every reason an opportunity for you to not like it. <laughs> like They give <laughs> you like plenty of reasons why you should somehow find some reason to get out of it. It's and, uh, it's massive and slow
0: and yeah, it takes a real, and, and yeah, like it, it takes a
1: real dogged person to want to stick with it, you know.
0: Yeah, well, that's part of that divide. I mean, early on, like when the show first started, all anime was slow, but people's attention spans have shrunk to absolutely zilch, and so. But Gundam has mostly not really changed in that way, and I think that leaves a lot of people behind. You know, they want to see something go Super and Every 15 minutes, they want a new mecca every show, you know, and it's not really there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I fall somewhere in between that. Like, I have a hard time watching things from the 70s in general, just because I feel like they hadn't really figured out pacing in the 70s. Um, Like, you know, uh, just as a a quick example, like Quentin Tarantino's Grindhouse movie, uh, Death Proof. Like, I found that so painful to sit through because it was paced just like a 70s movie, and I found it agonizing. Uh, I can't handle that. Like, I'm not saying it has to be, like, you know, a Michael Bay explosions constantly thing, but, yeah, I'm somewhere (laughs) in between there. I just, I really can't handle, uh, like, 70s pacing, but, you know, something like Azumanga um, is still totally (laughs) awesome to me.
0: I can do it if it's, uh, you know, if they're captivating your interest through intensity rather than frequency you can you can handle it but if it's like slow and you don't give a crap about what's going on then you're then it's really pretty miserable
1: yeah and yeah
2: that's... no I, I would definitely agree i mean like especially with the gundams i mean the 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 uc uh universal century series is is fantastic it's i mean yeah it's got its periods of of being slow but um compared to like double zero where everything's just uninteresting
0: double zero it's, is incredibly boring i thought it would at least yeah. be you know uh trashy like gundam wing or something or high you know or hyperbolic as fuck like g gundam but it's not double zero is the most boring fucking gundam ever I, yeah, I really did not it like that really show. is i mean it's yeah. a bunch of people you don't care about f- bickering all the time <laughs> you know like it's no I, fun I,
1: I think for me um I think Gundam would probably be best in a manga format so that I determine the pacing.
0: Yeah, that's been done. Uh, not a lot of manga is translated. translated. Uh, not a lot of the novels are translated. Um, but there is a 0079 manga that's pretty good. Uh, the best way to watch the original series is definitely the movies because they they edit out the vast majority of everything that happened in it. And plus minor changes that they made to the storyline are officially canon. The movie versions are officially canon, not the TV.
1: I used to um, to read uh, Blue Destiny. Yeah, that was, was just
0: not that great. It's okay.
1: It, it was serialized in something else I read that had a bunch of other yeah, things Tokyo in Yeah, Tokyo Pops Magazine, whatever that is. Yeah, like, um, and I didn't mind Blue Destiny.
0: Yeah, it was okay. But it was such a side story.
1: Yeah. It had great uh,
0: art, though. It had a wonderful art.
1: One thing that uh, I actually kind of forgot to mention that I want to give a little shout-out to, um, Child's Play, the, the video game charity, uh, has a promotion right now called the Humble Indie Bundle. And it's a collection of five indie games, um, which I think one's like Pandora Overture, uh, Aquaria, uh, Gish, uh, World of Goo, and... Uh, i'm blanking on the fifth one but uh it's five games and you pay whatever you want for it (laughs) and they all run under mac linux and windows um so there's just no fucking reason why you shouldn't go buy this thing right now
0: are they Uh, compiled separately or are they like flash games or
1: no they're they're all real full games oh cool um aquaria is like a metroidvania underwater so instead of jumping from platform to platform to cro- crisscross across the world, you're swimming, basically. Oh, um, okay. Crisscross around the world. And I actually really like that game so far. Uh, Aquarius is pretty cool. Um, Pandora Overture is like a really creepy first-person adventure game um, where you like can actually pick up objects and like pick up a hammer and swing it and knock down uh, uh, like some boards on a door and then pull the door open like it's all first person interaction it'd probably be pretty great on the Wii actually Um, let's see and uh, World of Goo is you connect these little gooey guys to try to make bridges to get to the objective like it's just purely a puzzle game and uh, that can get frustratingly difficult in some levels and there's a shit ton of levels so you can play as much as you want um, Gish, I haven't played yet. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of great stuff about it for years. So, I mean, you can pay whatever you want. You want to give these guys one penny. You're going to get five. And can I, you I know can do a PayPal transaction
0: it. of one penny? Is that actually yes, possible? Yes, you can. Oh, okay. Yes, absolutely. Well, you're going to burn in hell if you pay a penny for this bundle. Yeah. That's I mean, rude. You know,
1: <laughs> at least give a few dollars. You yeah. know, you don't have to give them 50. Uh, I think the games all separately cost 80. So, you know, if you give them even 10 bucks, like, that's something. And, it, and you can even specify how much of it you want to go to the developers and how much you want to go to charity.
0: Oh, okay. I thought it would. Okay. So it's oh, very choice. flexible.
1: Yeah, like, it's the best promotion ever. Um, so seriously, go give some of your fucking money to these guys because there's no reason not to. Um, you have no excuse. Absolutely no excuse.
0: What is that? Uh, is there a URL for that? Uh... Thing.
1: uh yeah
2: it's uh wolf it's wolf so w o l f i r e dot com slash humble okay there you go
1: Excellent. way to be on point corn sloth
0: well wow, that's amazing
1: Yep, the humble indie bundle just go pick it up i don't care what you pay for it uh just go get it um all the games are good for the most part they may not all be your thing. Maybe you don't like puzzle, or maybe you don't like creepy adventure. But there's at least got to be one game in there that you like.
0: They want to pay. You want to play five bucks for it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And like I said, it's you know why not? You'll own them forever. You can and and there's no DRM. That's the other thing. No oh, DRM yeah. lock on any no, of these. No
0: Xbox Live crap.
1: Or well, PlayStation or whatever. I don't know when the last time you bought a PC game was, but they're all DRM to fucking infinity. Like,
0: oh, well, I guess if it's on Steam or yeah, like, Battle.net, it would be, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like, tell me the, the, I mean, you can't get a PC game without fucking shit tons of DRM. So the fact that these guys are just like, fuck that, like, yeah, I'm totally in support of that. Fuck DRM. There's just no reason. If you're going to pay for a game, then it should have no, nothing that interferes with you because as a pirater, I can tell you that if I want to fucking pirate your game, I will, and it will run better than if I had paid for it because you DRM'd all your customers.
0: Yeah, unlike my PSP, where my custom firmware has locked me out of the store so I can't buy games from Sony. But you know what? I can download any of them. <laughs> I can <Yes>. pirate any <laughs> of them. They all work just fine. It only prevents you from playing retail games. Or not retail, but uh, PlayStation Shop
1: games. Yeah, companies don't get that kind of shit. Like, like...
0: Very, very backwards and short-sighted and stupid of them. Yeah. And nothing but, uh,
1: Anyway, we won't we won't talk too much more about that. But just, just want to give them a shout-out. They're doing everything right. It's a promotion that gets nothing wrong, and they deserve some cash. So go reward them now. Uh, um, all right. Let's go, and I guess I'll talk about an anime that I watched. It's very, very short, um, and I'm confused about how I feel about it. Uh, what I've done is I've downloaded a lot of short anime series, um and by short I mean like under twenty episodes, I think. Um, so one that I had downloaded was called Paranoia Agent, and it's essentially, um, man, I don't even know how to categorize it. It's like Lane or other really weird cerebral shows. Isn't that from the guy that did
0: uh, Perfect Blue?
1: Yes, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so it's guaranteed. Perfect to be Blue is one of my favorite <laughs> animated things of all time. I love Perfect Blue. Thought it was genius, uh, just because it was so mature and adult. Uh, and there's just not enough of that in anime. But Paranoia Agent basically revolves around like these people in Japan that are all connected by a criminal named Shonen Bat. Um, <laughs> Shonen Bat is a like 11 year old kid on gold rollerblades that hits people with a big crooked golden bat in the head. And that's it. Like, so it's like these people and how they're connected to Shonen bat and how getting hospitalized or killed by Shonen bat changes the lives of these people. (laughs) Like it's, uh, it's, it's really, really odd, but it has a couple of really compelling moments. Um, And not, I'm conflicted on how I feel like whether or not I would recommend anyone to watch it. If you, if you have a taste for really unusual cinema and you like really cerebral and, and like things that don't kind of give you definite answers, then I would take a shot on it. Cause it's probably up your alley. Like if boogie pop phantom is a treasured memory of yours, you might want to go ahead and give paranoia agent a chance. Um, it has a, a couple of particularly hilarious moments, but I can't give it my strongest recommendation because it's definitely not going to be for everybody.
0: How many nightmares is it going to give me? None. None. I think uh, because yeah. I'm just wondering, like, because Perfect Blue is pretty fucked up, and when I yeah. saw the picture of the kid with a cricket bat whacking the fuck out of people, I was like, this is going to be totally fucking twisted and horrible, right? <laughs>
1: That's what I assumed. No, it's it's really not. It's it's not that twisted and fucking horrible. So, okay, well, good. At least not as far as I'd seen. Um, it, it's just, like I said, it's a lot of, like, makes you go, hmm, huh, you know, like one of those. So if you're into that kind of thing, uh, go ahead and give it a shot. Uh, another series that I'm kind of conflicted on, um, it's called Rosen Maiden, and I guess it's responsible for like thousands of dudes getting into like super, uh, fancy, fancy doll dressing up. Uh, the Uh. the premise of the show is that this like Elizabethan like dressed, um, maybe one and a half foot tall doll, like comes to live with this guy and, uh, has to play something called the Alice game. And it's, there's several dolls that come and live (laughs) with them and they, you know, they fulfill a lot of anime stereotypes. Like this one's the soon dare one. This one's the like cutesy stupid one. Like this one's the bitch. Um, like, but the thing was, is it's only like 16 episodes. So since I give things like, you know, eight episodes to get good, I was already halfway through it. Um, I, I, I assume the manga is probably much, 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 much longer. Um and probably tells things in a more metered pace, but I can't really speak to that. Uh my wife super dug the show immediately. <laughs> and that was enough for me to go ahead and just, you know, watch all sixteen episodes. And at the end I felt somewhat satisfied with the experience. It gets a little creepy. Uh sounds with, creepy. With with a doll and a and a um like an eleven year old boy like getting somewhat romantic. Uh like it's it's an odd show, um, but it's not a bad show, and it was it was just good enough to pull me through it. Uh, I kept you know like oh yeah let's go ahead and see what happens next like oh yeah all right let's let's see what the next thing is like. So <laughs> not a strong recommendation for Rosen Maiden, uh, man. If you love dolls. It's fucking <laughs> Like, you're going to have the best show of all time. It's like, I, like,
0: I'm not liking this very much, but it showed in the previews that he was going to wear a purple leotard next episode, so I think I'll give it another chance. <laughs> See how it keeps going.
1: Like, it tells a dramatic story, which is weird. Like, it like it, it doesn't tell, like, a like slice-of-life, like, comedy. It, uh, it It attempts to, you know, actually address... A, a arc of the manga i assume uh yeah i don't know rosen maiden ugh, buyer beware it's got some creepy doll stuff in it but <laughs> um it, it was not bad i actually can't hate on it i don't hate rosen maiden at all um and like i said my wife was really enjoyed it so maybe your girl will really enjoy it too you can let her watch it with you and it won't be that painful it's a good couple show i guess
0: Oh, sounds like the sort of thing that would end a relationship.
1: No, like, the thing is, is, like, you know, people hate on, like, Adam Sandler movies, but um, as a married dude, I'm always, like, dude, Adam Sandler is my biggest hero because he gives me a romantic comedy that I can actually sit through with my wife and not get, like, super angry, you know? Like, if there were no Adam Sandler movies, you would be watching Hugh Grant movies. (laughs) Like... So just be happy that there are Adam Sandler movies, you know? That's Anything a, that That's that a very
0: pragmatic me. attitude.
1: Yeah, it pleases the lady folk, and it's not painful for me to sit through. Um, so that that's why I'm totally good with that.
0: So uh, painful to sit through. That is what I would describe... That is what I would... Uh, phrase I would use to describe this new thing I discovered last night, which is Gundam Rocks, a CD released last year only in japan which is andrew wk doing covers of famous old gundam songs like stand-up gundam and amuro forever um it's not very good it's not as good as brickinger that's for sure
1: (laughs) i i I ran across it last
0: night because someone sent me we were talking about the new gundam versus game and he sent me like video of the old one on dreamcast and it had like uh you know the Shars theme song and stuff like that and, you know, and I started looking up the old songs and uh, here's this Gundam Rocks thing and it said Andrew WK and I just assumed it was one of those mislabeled internet fuck up type of deals but no, it's an official release of Andrew WK covering all these songs and it's not lame in the way that you may think I'm saying it's lame, like it's Gundam that sounds like Andrew WK, that would be acceptable, not anything I would buy, but it would be acceptable this is simply something that sounds too much like a blend between the old crappy jazz rock 1980 shit and and you know japan 1980 so you know lamer than the rest of the music from 1980 Uh, a blend between that and andrew wk's style and it's all in english and it's retarded most of these songs i think have been available in english before for places here and there over the years but um kind of a terrible choice I would think if you were gonna make like an album like this you would get like uh like a a power metal band like Stradivarius or somebody to do this stuff that would have turned out a lot better I think this was just sad
1: <laughs> I, um I actually have another story that kind of pertains to this uh I once was in um a CD store and it had a mega Man album and mm. uh my friend bought it and we put it in the car, and like it's just like a random collection of songs that have nothing to do with Mega Man. <laughs> We're like, what the <laughs> fuck is this shit? Like, um, it's got a song by the Bucketheads called Got Myself Together. And it basically sure. just like <laughs> plays like some some somewhat techno sounding music, and then like some guys coming in like, Got Myself Together, yeah. That, that's interesting <laughs> it's, like, it's like what does that have to do with, <laughs> with Mega Man what the fuck is this shit then you finally get to like the last track on the CD and it's a techno song and it starts playing and then like a guy just comes in it's like boom <laughs> boom Mega Man. <laughs> Mega Man. Like, that's what you get. That's the Mega Man disc. I was like, what is this fucking shit? Like, we were trolled so hard.
0: $12 gone. Oh, it was only 12 bucks. Must have been a pirate CD.
1: No, it was a real CD in a real CD store in America.
0: Oh. Oh, was it an American release?
1: yeah oh
0: okay oh god now it's even more weird <laughs>
1: <laughs> i thought it was gonna be like CD i expect that versions kind of garbage of to come out of <laughs> my favorite Man tunes you know i was like oh fuck is this gonna be like an orchestral bubble man theme shit yes
0: it didn't no. have anything to do with that american cartoon did it no well so i don't know that's a bizarre thing that you found there
1: I thought at least I would get the <laughs> shitty Mega Man intro from the American cartoon. Doo-doo-doo, super fighting robot. That, was, that was a pretty bad show. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was better
0: than like all those Capcom cartoons, like the Darkstalkers and the Street Fighter ones. Those were. Ugh,
1: those were. There was a Darkstalkers cartoon. Oh,
0: yeah, it was, it was really bad. And they had like crossovers with Street Fighter characters in it and there was
1: oh yeah i do remember the the street fighter cartoon that was terrible yeah
0: i mean like if you were disappointed by the Darkstalkers ova you are being ungrateful because <laughs> you should have seen the american <laughs> one because not only is it crap but you know it's an entire season of crap instead of just four episodes or whatever that's the nice thing about ovas for good or for worse they're short not a lot of investment the hurting stops Yeah, Uh, Unless you really liked it In which case the hurting never stops Because it ended (laughs) Uh, So uh, Something else I've been playing This is kind of a brief note Uh, Startling Odyssey 2 I should say Yeah, Startling Odyssey 2 uh, Was recently released A fan translated version of it This was a PC Engine game Released in 1994 Or something like that and I played through it all the way back in the day because it's one of the nicest looking Japanese RPGs from the for the PC engine from that time period. It's uh, looks like a Final Fantasy kind of thing. Your characters are all on the side and you attack everything. But it's it's by a very small company that's no longer in business called Rayforce, who uh, made they used the character designs were all uh, Obari, from uh, he did the Fatal Fury movie and. He used to work on Machine Robo and all that. He's been around. The guy for a draws long time. good
1: boobs and sharp noses.
0: He this was right before <laughs> his sharp nose thing went insane. <laughs> he used to be a little bit more reserved, kind of like uh, the American comic book artist Rob Leefield, when he was working for DC on Project After School. He drew well. <laughs> but once he became like a millionaire and he was the superstar of marvel his art just went into the shitter like it went way too extreme in that direction and was terrible that's the way obari was like once it got to gal kaiser it was like utter garbage so bad but early on he he was uh he was actually he was directing anime like in the 80s and he, he, he was pretty good at that um but anyway this is a good uh starling odyssey 2 it's a it's a game it's for pc engine so it's got like you know tna and a fan service and shit everywhere um the sort of things you wouldn't see on super famicom obviously and it's not incredibly difficult and it's one it, it's before rpgs were saddled with all those bullshit systems and tetra Mastercard card games and chocobo raising and all that horrible odious crap it's just straight up when you get a certain level you learn this spell you have magic points you have hit points it's you have four people instead of three uh and it's easy to get through relatively entertaining the guy i believe it was translated entirely by one guy using like google translator or something which is one (laughs) one of the so it's not the it's not the best script but he must have done somebody must have done something to it because I've run Japanese through Google Translator and it's useless garbage. It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, this, this at least um, is is readable. It's better than like an eight bit RPG with all the misspellings and everything. It's it's more solid than that. It has a few bugs in it. Uh, the other day I was talking to King Kyle and like half the shit he said was Japanese still. But uh, generally, it's uh, it's a pretty easy, uh, straightforward, non horrible rpg that is a nice uh flashback to that time period um you can run it in an emulator or or whatever um i'm playing it on the real hardware i don't have the game anymore i sold it a long time ago so i'm doing this illegally (gasps) i hope what's left of ray force doesn't come back and sue me (laughs) they were uh, that was the that was the game that i I couldn't figure out how to make this the ship teleport And there's like an airship and you have to fly it over these towers and it'll teleport from one tower to the next. And I couldn't figure out how to make it happen. So I literally just called the number on the back of the box and they found a guy who sort of spoke English and he helped me beat the game. And that's the kind of thing that like you absolutely cannot do anymore. You know, like every video game company now is so huge that there's just no way you could ever possibly do that. But this was back Wow, so
1: you called a guy and he found an English speaker and he explained to you how to beat it? Yeah,
0: he's like, you need the Orihalcon and you need to get it in your ship and then 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 it'll teleport.
1: Holy fuck, that's an amazing story, actually. Well, you
0: know, you could kind of do that sort of with 1-800-USA-SEGA back in the early 90s. And you could kind of do that with Nintendo. But then those companies all started charging 900 numbers. And then they stopped... Then the internet came along and they stopped doing it completely. But this was, this was a company of guy. I mean, this company is like six guys or something. So you, you called and the dude to answer the phone probably drew all the art. <laughs> you know? That's actually really <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That, that's a kind of an, an extinct thing nowadays because every game costs $18 million to develop.
1: I kind of have a similar like grassroots story. Um, I uh, I had missed, and you, I know you're just gonna sigh, but I had missed one of the issues of the like new UFC magazine. Um, like you know, there's only four issues out, and I'd missed like issue three or something like that. I just didn't know it had come out. Um, so I I posted on an internet forum if anyone had it. You know, I'd buy it off of them for a couple bucks. Um, and then I get an email, and it's like, hey, contact this guy. And I contact him, and the guy's like a writer for the magazine, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm in Australia covering, you know, this UFC. Can you, uh, can you email this guy instead? And he gives me an email address, and I, I look at the name, and then I, I open up the magazine, and I realize that he's giving me the editor-in-chief's email address, like his personal email. <laughs> so I email him, and I ask him for it, and the guy's like, yeah, 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 I'll send it out, I'll send it out tomorrow and he, he sends it out and he's like so um do you write for david is that why you have my email and i was like uh, yeah kind of <laughs> i write emails i was just like it's weird that you know you just try to ask a like a small little thing and it's like the next thing you know you're talking to the the editor in chief of the the magazine or whatever to ask him for an issue well magazines, one. you know, he's ma-
0: a nice guy. The magazine industry is strange because it looks so together because you only know what you know based on the magazine, which everyone has put their resources into and try to make it look like this wonderful professional monthly thing. But sometimes the actual situations that put it together every month are a bit sketchy, you know, like any magazine Dave Alverson ever worked on is probably total anarchy and it's amazing that he ever produced two monthly issues in a row. And then there's those magazines like uh, that retro uh, UK retro magazine or um, magazines that like every other month they get their publisher gets bought by another company, <laughs> and like the, one of the, one of the magazines I read's uh, Retro Car, which is like uh, it's a UK publication and it's all about like 70s and 80s cars and what was popular in Europe at the time, and it's basically two guys make the whole magazine, and he, and it's a it's such a uh, and like. They have correspondents who send in stories freelance. There's a guy in California and such. But it's basically two guys who make this amazing magazine. And, you know, they're just two dudes like everybody else. If I ever yeah, go it's, to always, one of these it's always shows,
1: interesting when you like look behind a very polished veneer and just see like like the hamster on the wheel behind it that's <laughs> keeping it going, you know? Yeah. Like um uh I am always fascinated by behind-the-scenes type documentaries, like you know, about anime or video games or whatever. And just kind of seeing, like, oh, that's what it looks like. That just looks like my office, you know. Doesn't look special at all. Yeah, it's there's the no... same
0: cubicle, but there's like an Xbox controller sitting there.
1: Yeah, there's <laughs> not. There's no rainbows and lasers, <laughs> and all
0: <this laughs> shit that I was hoping for. You know, in the old days, that's... they had more crazy hardware there, you know, because they had they would have to like have ROM writers and uh, prototype players and you know crazy demos like the old uh for the early pc engine games they used to have you couldn't write there were no cdrs back then so when they made these cdr games and made these cd games they had to have a bank of hard drives that emulated a cd-rom and hard drives if you remember back in 1988 were like 40 megabytes or something yeah. So they had to have these massive uh, banks of hard drives that emulated these these huge freaking setups just to test the thing, just to test the game. And so, like developers would be you know more intimately attached to freaky weird hardware. But now everything just kind of
1: runs on a Windows machine.
0: <laughs> it's fairly really anticlimactic.
1: Indeed, childhood dreams constantly being shattered every day.
0: Yeah, I know life is lame.
1: Oh well. <laughs> At the same time, they they keep making, like, shit that I never thought would be possible possible, so. Yeah, I
0: know. It's more amazing than ever, but I'm more blasé
1: about it than ever
0: most of the time. (laughs) It's like, oh, so the iPhone's the most convenient, amazingly powerful little doodad ever. Nah, (laughs) I don't care. Whatever. I I, I vote droid. Sorry. (laughs) Whatever. Either way, you know, same kind of thing.
1: Really, I'm just like, I'm still pretty amazed by my smartphone. Like, I'm amazed by my phone and all it does some- is play MP3s. <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes I'm doing something like, and I'm just like, holy shit! I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I downloaded an MP3 on my phone, and then I opened it up in Ringdroid, and like, I cut parts of the file down, and I saved it, and I copied it to another folder, and put it in a playlist, and started listening to it. And I was like, you know what? Holy fuck! I did that all with my phone.
0: Yeah, it's holy fuck. It's pretty uh, it's pretty insane because they're just like, you know, computers from eight or nine years ago shrunk onto your hand into your hand sized uh, thing.
1: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm still not quite over how awesome uh, the world of smartphones is. Yeah, I, I, I when I got my first
0: phone with a with a color screen, I was like, wow, can you believe this? And then 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 they started adding
1: like 3D acceleration and shit. I yeah, mean, um Cornsloth uh, knows a lot about cell phones. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. He's a he's a cell phone homo, right? A little bit, little bit. What 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 would you get? Hottest phone right now? What would you go get?
2: i uh, Right now, I'm not really interested by any of the phones, just because all the hot new shit is coming just touchscreen only, and that does not appeal to me. Well,
0: it's not very it's not very individual, is it? I mean, they all just look like iPhones
2: yeah well that's yeah that's part of the problem but i you know i I want a keyboard they're, they're, you know touch screen is it's too hard to type on, and what's the point of searching you know you know doing a google search or whatever if it takes forty five minutes just to type in a sentence correctly but um i mean if the hot new shit's gonna be the the h t c evo evo which is you know new you know android phone you know much faster processor, it's like you know whole gigahertz or whatever Jeez. so it's wow yeah it's faster than your computer you know it's <laughs> yeah. it's insane and it'll you know run on like the the 4g network so it's cable modem speed it's
1: i mean it's insane wait i thought yeah, 3g lot, lot was people, supposed to be
0: cable modem speed <laughs>
1: what happened a lot to of that? people don't know this but uh Sina zeta actually records the show on like a uh, uh, a couple apple 2e's i guess that are <laughs> Uh, they're working together. I'm, I'm up with, to two uh, GSs. He's got like <laughs> 17 A drive floppies in oh, that, that are uh, emulating hard drive space.
0: You know that reminds me. I went yesterday. I went to this game show called the uh, Classic Console and Arcade Gaming Show, Cleveland Co- Classic Console and Arcade Gaming Show, and <laughs> it, it's a it's a VFW hall that they just absolutely stuff with people and stuff and things. And it was quite fun, but one of the interesting things I saw there was a TRS-80 playing games, <laughs> which a, I didn't. I'm not sure I actually knew that was possible because that game was that machine is like the ultra stuffy word processor, dual five-inch floppy built into the monitor type of thing, you know. And you know it's a monochrome green display and everything. But there was they were playing some game like Cosmic Fighter or something, which is sort of a Space Invaders clone, and it was like very solid. I was so surprised. And then they had Zaxxon on it, which really blew my mind because that has diagonal scrolling in it. Yeah. And diagonal scrolling. Shit. Diagonal scrolling was a fancy feature all the way up to like 1990 as far as hardware acceleration goes. And this thing was uh running it was sort of like a zoomed in version because you know the screen and the resolution were so small. It would be like looking at Zaxxon through a telescope. <laughs> but it was <laughs> it, it was amazingly uh it was amazingly uh solid and that cosmic fighter game was neat because it used this the way they animated this the uh they probably weren't even actually sprites they probably used something more arcane than that but the way they animated the characters they almost looked like uh when they moved they kind of shivered kind of like that uh super nintendo fake blurring zooming effect thing they sort of did like a straight up frame by frame animation that's simulating that i had my mind was blown i had no idea and this and this piece of software is released uh An 83, which had been fairly laid on for a TRS-80. It's
1: like half our listeners aren't even born in 83. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, well, this is an ancient-ass machine. I mean, the ABM-AT blew the doors off this piece of crap. (laughs) Uh, And things like Amigas and Macs are just light years beyond it, and yet it was producing a fairly totally playable game. I fucked around with it for quite a while. Not the craziest thing I ever saw there, though. The craziest thing I saw there, they were running tournaments. The tournaments were this. Marble Madness on Ooh. on Mess for some godforsaken reason. Hell yeah. Uh, the Tetris Attack on Super Nintendo, which is one of my all-time favorite games. And Super Street Fighter 4, of course. So I sign up for the uh, Tetris Attack thing since I'm like a huge fan of this and I'm totally sh- amazed that anyone's running a tournament in this game. And uh, he's it's For some bizarre reason, it's a high score tournament, even though this game has a fantastic versus mode. It's a high score tournament, so I'm like, you know, this is gonna run till midnight, right? You know, it's gonna be like one of those duck hunt tournaments. I went to, (laughs) I went to a place that did a duck hunt tournament, and it just lasted like hours and hours because you never miss. I mean, if you're any good in that game at all, it's very hard to miss. So, anyway, we get into the tournament, and the the you you started uh, one player endless. Speed 25, normal, and then you just go until you crash and record the high score. The first guy sits down and just completely rocks the shit out of this game and ends up with a score of like 27,000, which is fairly huge. And I'm thinking like, uh, I'm not going to win this game. <laughs> I thought I thought this was my day, you know. But it, but the amazing thing is the next person comes down and they, they rack out like a 17,000 or something like that, which is also very big. And over and over again, all these people show up who are all, like, hardcore Tetris Attack fans. And I'm like, where the hell am I that that there's, like, this cult of Tetris Attack people who are, like, super into an, a 1993 puzzle game on Super Nintendo?
1: Well, Make- that's why the fucking tournament was going on. Yeah. Like, those dudes yeah. had made sure. Yes, they knew. This isn't their first time to the rodeo.
0: And I almost never played that game one player. I was always playing a two-player. I'll be, you know, I don't know what my high score is in Puzzle Fighter. I have no fucking idea, you know, because I... Well, Puzzle yeah. Fighter is always versus. That's yeah. part of it. But even if it's versus CPU, but Tetris Attack is is not versus CPU when you're, when you're one player. It's just one board, and you're just sort of against the speed of the
1: bricks. What was the Super Nintendo Tetris game with, like, the anime characters that did, like, specials, like Puzzle Fighter?
0: Yeah, I can't remember the name of that. I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, they had, like, a Puzzle Fighter Tetris, which was pretty awesome. You know, it, blanking it, people's screens and, you know, that kind of shit. Like, it was, it's fun to fuck with the other dude. You're not
0: talking about Panel de Pon, are you?
1: No, it was, it was uh, I think it was Tetris. I thought it was. Maybe well, I'm wrong.
0: Tetris Attack is an American-only version of Panel de Pon that ha- has nothing to do with Tetris, and it's all uh, Nintendo characters. And then but what was released in Japan was Panel de Pon, which is the same game that had original characters made for it. And that was later sold on the Nintendo Puzzle Collection for GameCube.
1: You know what? I might be thinking of Panel de Pon. I just yeah. remember there was, a, um, there was like a ninja. <laughs> I'm trying to look at the characters online. I
0: can't remember because I own the Nintendo Puzzle Collection for GameCube and I've barely played it. Uh, it's uh, the same thing, though. I think ha- they are doing it, the N64 version. Is on it that. versus though, where it has the two yeah. different screens? But it, you you switch um, you switch bricks around with a cursor that's two bricks wide. So wherever you put the cursor and you push the button, it switches those two bricks.
1: Yeah, things I, I don't hate fall that from that the, the screen. Puzzle game actually. But I normally favorite do, favorite but this
0: one is for some reason I don't know why. I just really like it.
1: Yeah, I need falling blocks to to enjoy my life. Generally, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Puyo, think Puyo, it's fun on looking at it. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. And I don't think it is paneled upon. It's something that I only
1: saw like one time, and I don't have it. Yeah, I used to have the ROM. Anyway, I'm glad that I wasted that much time talking about it. Excellent. Anything else uh, you can't
0: remember that you'd like to <laughs> that you'd like to snuff through? No?
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like we 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 Corn Sloth quite a bit. He he gets lost when uh, we start talking about super old obscure shit. Monochrome yeah, there's James.
2: no way I could keep up with you on that. You're talking about shit that came out long before I was born. So.
0: <laughs> well, the TRS-80 might as well have come out before I was born because it was only in offices and the stuff. I mean, it was a work computer that was extinct by 1982. I didn't really yeah. interface with it very often. I, Com- I know Commodores, exactly yeah,
1: but... what my first um, computer game ever was, and that was Load Runner.
0: For Apple, too? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I don't know exactly which Apple it was on because I was a kid and I didn't give a shit. Yeah, there was
0: really only one Apple.
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was uh, it was Load Runner. And then uh, some years later, uh, uh, Sh- Sh- Shadowgate. No, Uninvited. Uninvited was the next uh, computer game I'd ever played.
0: That'd be a lot later on. Yeah. It? yeah, it
1: was years later because I didn't own a computer. We oh. were poor.
0: Well, oh, at the school, you had tons of computers.
1: No, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um oh wait and then where in the world is carmen san diego on commodore 64
0: yeah i know all the commodore stuff because those were that cheap too. ass machines and lots of people had those but i didn't even know they made games for trs 80 i think that's a z80 based computer so whatever that is
1: <laughs> less powerful than my calculator oh yeah <laughs> it know, was powerful than
0: shit. anything being
1: made period at all all right um we still had a lot to get to here, but I think uh, we've already managed to run this uh, over an hour, so maybe we'll, we'll have some more material, and we'll do another episode again real soon so we can keep them jam-packed with content um, from the 1970s and 80s.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, Oh. here, I just looked it up. Yeah, it uses a 1.7 megahertz Zilog
1: Z8 <laughs> processor. Uh,
0: had 4 kilobytes of RAM and later 16 kilobytes.
1: Dude, you are like (laughs) you're like the fucking like Casey Kasem of video games. (laughs) This one's gonna take me way back. I'm very invested into this. (laughs) Fifty-eight.
0: I'm very emotionally invested in this tidbit of information that I just learned three seconds ago. I'm gonna pretend that I care about this. (laughs) (laughs) TRS eighty for the win. It only cost six hundred bucks. I wasn't bad. I mean, compared to like a Macintosh, which was four thousand that came out a few, you know, in '84. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cheap.
1: <laughs> my my first 486 was um about two grand with the the monitor and the printer.
0: The the 11 or 13 inch monitor.
1: Uh, I think it was a 13. Yeah. I think I had a pretty good. Or no, no, no. We sprung for a <laughs> a 15, I think. Oh well. Wow. Man, it was really expensive. Like. You know, the monitor was like seven hundred bucks or something.
0: Yeah, my friend bought. A, I remember he bought the first twenty-one inch uh, VGA monitor that I ever knew anybody owned in their house, and uh, that wasn't that long ago, ninety-eight maybe. And it was, uh, it was like twelve hundred bucks or something.
1: Signs you're super old when you refer to ninety-eight is not that long ago.
0: Well, in the history
1: of computers, <laughs> I mean, not much has really happened since nineteen ninety-eight.
0: There, there was a lot more happening between 77 and 98 you know than there is between 98 and now 98 and now it's the same shit it's just faster there's nothing fundamentally different about our computers
1: um i guess i can agree with that on the home computer side they are still pretty much just hard drive processor ram this is everything's blah, blah, blah.
0: way bigger and faster
1: on the on the server side though shit has gotten way real like way the fucking fuck different like 1990 servers have so little in common with modern day servers it's uh it's pretty ridiculous
0: yeah there weren't too many eight core 64 gigs of ram nine terabytes storage type things back then
1: well it's like now you've got sans and NASS and you've got virtualization so nobody even runs like a real machine anymore for a server and yeah it's all like crazy town i think this is the sad part of the episode where we all realize that death is coming and we're old (laughs) I feel his hand upon my shoulder.
0: <laughs> will I be able to get up out of this chair today? Or will I have to call for help?
1: Again. I've fallen right, well, yeah. and I can't get up.
2: Well I'm yeah, no, uh too bad.
1: No, I, I don't feel old at all. I'm still uh I'm still young, I'm still spry, that's what I tell myself. And uh I think I'm gonna go ahead and uh I think maybe the anime I'm going to watch next is Kino's Journey or something like that. I think that's what it's called. Um, I still got a lot more on the horizon. And uh, I think Sloth has got um, maybe Area 88 to talk about more. Could bring him back on. Or we could uh, also, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about Air Gear or something next episode. So, Sloth, thank you for coming on. I'd like to have you on again uh, sometime. And uh, next time, maybe we will try not to talk over you so hardcore. (laughs) It's a battle. You have to keep up. Yeah, you got to be aggressive to get over Zeta because he tends to just, like, ramble. (laughs)
0: Uh, Hey, shut the fuck up. I want to talk about something. That kind of (laughs) thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, So on that note, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll awkwardly cue the outro and uh thank all the people for coming by it's uh it's a wonderful thing here at Game Face Radio um I want to give a shout out to our Facebook uh you can find me on Facebook at Kuroi Kaze um you can also find the show at Game Face Radio on uh on Facebook um there's a Twitter um twitter.com slash Game Face Radio and slash Kuroi Kaze and slash Sino Zeta so get all of us there um, and yeah, I mean, feel free to drop by, give us some feedback. I know uh, some people have been kind of helping us advertise on Facebook, so I appreciate it. Every time you spread us to a new fan, uh, you know, that helps us out. Not that we make any money at all, ever. <laughs> no. so, nothing but cost to do Game Face Radio, but we predate... Um, Everything that like One Up has done, or any of those, like we, we predate the podcast revolution by uh, like a, probably at least a whole year. So we're an old show, and we just you know sporadically release for our own enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> right, whatever. Did you know that the TRS-80 had, the keyboard had direct memory access?
0: Like there was no buffer. Like when you push C, that went straight into the RAM. There was no there was no buffer, bus, or serial or anything that's amazing that
1: means that means if you drop a book on the keyboard the computer crashes
0: no it would probably never crash because those old machines never fucking crashed yeah, unless they like, had hardware would, failure would you, which was would very you rare overflow
1: the ram with c's <laughs> say, like, the cat jumps on the keyboard i do
0: it probably just beep like yeah it, it would just beep on it when it couldn't do it anymore when the 8k was full